Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me again on another episode of Get Into It with Gila. In today's episode, I interviewed Silky Reznikov, and we spoke a lot about Pia Melody's work. Um, a lot of her work is about healing your inner child, and she has written many books on this topic, something that I definitely try to work on myself, and I've learned some techniques to use with my clients, but Silky seems to have a whole new way and understanding of this topic. And I really wanted to interview her and pick her brain a little bit about it. And as you'll hear on the interview, um, something that really stuck out to me was how when she went on a retreat, an intensive retreat to learn about herself and to heal, she found out that having the silent treatment is like one of the worst things that could ever happen to you. And a lot of times people who go through hardships in their childhood and in their adulthood, they sort of um, brush it off. Like it wasn't that bad or it couldn't be that bad. It's not this, it's not as bad as X or Y or Z. And I found that really fascinating. And it's definitely been something that I thought about in my own life. So I just wanted to highlight that. I'll also say that my son did come down in the in the middle of the interview, so no edits here, so sorry about that. And if you want to learn more about my approach, Gila Glassberg, intuitive eating, please go to my website, www.gilaglassberg.com. You can follow me on Instagram at dietitian.gilaglassberg. And if you want to get to know me a little bit better, you can go to my website and sign up for a free 20-minute consultation. And without further ado, let's get to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me again. I'm Gila Glassberg, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And today we have Silky Reznikoff. Hi, Silky. Hi. Thanks for I am very honored to be here. Thank you, Gila. Sure. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, what do you do? Where do you live? All that stuff. Sure. So I live in Lakewood, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. born and bred, very boring. Mm-hmm. Um, had a short stint in Fallsburg in between, but nothing, nothing else. Um, what I do is I'm a life coach. I'm a certified family life coach. I became one like uh, 12 years ago, maybe. And I specialize in relational trauma, which is I've taken extensive courses, studied extensively Pia Melody's work. She's a, you know, an expert in codependency, um, which she now calls developmental immaturity. And I've gone to her type, her workshops dozens of, uh, I wouldn't say dozens, but probably a dozen times between all the things that I've 
done and I'm actually this Wednesday going to another one, an intensive workshop. Um, and yeah, so her work is fascinating. It was a breakthrough in my own journey and I love her work and that's really the work that I do. It's, um, it's really getting to the core. That's what I call my practice, like coaching to the core because it really uh, summarizes the type of work that I do. I, um, I like to see people as very whole and that they're their own experts and children are born with their own internal wisdom and they are creative and they are resourceful and they are whole and we have the wisdom within us and then things happen to us along the way that make us feel broken. We're not broken, but we make, it makes us feel broken and we lose trust inside of ourselves. And if we're not given what we're needed in childhood, then our growth gets stunted. So when I came across her work, I was just blown away at the clarity of, of what she offers in a very systematic um, framework. And it just makes things very clear, it connects the dots. And it's what I think really is a shortcut to, there is no shortcut in healing, meaning there's no quick fix, but instead of going around, like what I call switching seats in the Titanic, you know, going rotating symptoms mm -hmm. from one seat to the next, from the anxiety to the depression, to the eating disorders, to the whatever it may be, relationship issues, um, to finding out what's underneath. Mm -hmm. And that clicks for a lot of people, like when they're ready to be like, oh yeah, I just think there's something underlying, like a common denominator. And uh, her work is intense and it takes a lot of your own work to practice that type of work. But I, I found it so healing in my journey and it's such a blessing to be able to give it over and watch that aha moments just click and just be like wow you know it all makes sense it makes so much more sense so that's the gist of what i do the type of coaching that i do and i could even show it to you in one of my charts here that i have behind me but i could get to that maybe in a few minutes and what i also do on a side note is um i am the director of the spouses division at guard your eyes so that was, that's for women who are struggling, whose husbands are struggling with pornography addiction. Mm. And they call in, some are in crisis, some are looking for guidance. Really, it's on a spectrum. And we're there, uh, we have support groups, I do individual consultations, I do lectures, educational lectures, I bring in lectures like you spoke for us. Mm. And really my role, the way I look at it is, I'm not their therapist. Um, when they first call in, I'll do a consultation with them, maybe refer them to, maybe they're needing a good therapist, so refer them to relief or just see what they're needing and offer them the support that we offer at Guard Your Eyes and the support groups that we have. And then um, what I see my role again as running the support group and doing the lectures is just empowering them really empowering women because it is traumatic to discover that your husband is a, you know, has an addiction like this and women feel very betrayed and hurt. And I think what happens is there's a sense of hopelessness and helplessness and guilt and shame mm -hmm. 
And a lot of work, by the way, Pia's work is about shame because shame really binds us. It really holds us back mm -hmm. and covers up our value, our sense of inherent value that we have. So I just look at my role as really empowering women to educate themselves and see that they have choice, which is the opposite of feeling helpless. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about all kinds of things. Like if I brought you in to talk about intuitive eating and self-care, that was great. It's like, oh, wow, you know, another eye-opener, another color in my palette, you know, mm -hmm. to paint my life with. That's a visual, by the way, that I always have and that I always tell my group that you're the painter of your life. You're the expert on your life, really. And when I give you different modalities, we talk about Pia Melody's modality, we'll talk about, we could talk about intuitive eating, we could talk about DBT skills, DBT skills, CBT skills. We could talk about so many different host craft, which is on addiction for, you know, for family of addicts. Um, there's so many, so much great information out there, but it's not, one thing is not, one thing is not gonna heal you and give you all the answers, just one modality. It's, you have, like, we have to look at it like we have this blank canvas of paint and you have your palette of paint and every time you learn something new and you're exposed to something new, it's like you have another color on your palette and you paint it, you use it at, accordingly as you're, hearing this like, oh, this is, this really makes sense. Let me put some yellow into my green here. You know, this I'm going to use for my foundation and this I'll put for my trees. And no two pictures are alike. It's so, you know, and that really resonates with people because it's not like a one size fit all. It's like, you take what you like, you leave the rest. Here's the information, take it how it applies. And so women feel supported. They don't feel alone and they feel more educated and they, you know, overall feel like they uh, have more more, more choices and are more empowered to take the action that they need, but it's not in place of therapy at all. It's just more of a, we're just more of a, we are a nonprofit organization doing this service. Um, yeah, I think that's the gist of what I do. I mean, I, I give workshops and I speak on this also, especially on PMLD's work, I would consider that my expertise. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay, so I never heard of Pia Melody until you told me about her. So how did you, how did you find her? So great question. Um, I was on my own journey, journey of healing. I, huh, what was it? Okay, so when, once I became a coach, I was like, wow, this is amazing. This work is incredible. It was almost like I could reinvent myself. Like, this is awesome. And I realized that I could reinvent myself with all this cool stuff that I was learning. But after a while, I realized that it's not enough to reinvent myself. I have to go to the parts of me that are broken. Mm -hmm. And you're only as strong as your foundation is deep. And I realized that I'm lacking something in my own foundation, in my own, my own core strengths. And it wasn't enough. I was doing a lot of different, I was learning a lot of different stuff. I was learning a lot about the body and energy and healing and sanctuary therapy and like, getting my hands on whatever I could. I was a real learner, still am, researcher. And it kind of always felt like there was a void and it was never getting filled. And even though I would get excited about things, there still felt like there was something more. So there was a point in my life that I really hit rock bottom that something had happened in my life. And um, at that point, a therapist introduced me to the, this modality and she just learned this actually Pia Melody had just come to the West Coast which is very unusual and she came to 
teach this to a group of therapists and it's hard to come by her work because it takes a lot of training, a few years in training, a lot of supervision. You have to do your own work, work on your own material. So she said, oh my gosh, Silky, you don't understand. I just finished this training. It was like life. She's a trauma therapist and has every, you know, all the credentials for trauma. And she's like, the stuff I learned, I was just blown away. And I just think you're so ready for this. Like you've got to, you've got to learn it. So I went to the Meadows and I did the survivor's week, which is an outpatient week. Um, you know, I stayed in a hotel and I did this work intensive workshop. Boy, it's very intense. It's a family of origin intensive. And you go through your family of origin and you really get your history straight. And for the first time in my life, I, when I say really got my history straight, it was straight. Like I really learned what it means, what children really need and what my role in my family was and things that I just was like, all right. I was like, okay. I was like, I was a hard kid. I was a troubled kid. I was, you know, things that I just made up about myself that weren't true. What I learned is that anything less than nurturing is abusive to the child. And we tend to think of abuse as, you know, beating your kids, sexual abuse, you know, leaving them hungry, you know, neglecting them, extreme neglect. And what I learned is that there's overt abuse and there's covert abuse. There's outright abuse, where, where, which I just described. And then there's the covert. Similar to you could have a raging fire in a house and the house is burning down and everybody sees it and is going to run to rescue that, you know, bring down the fire department. And then you have, um, you know, a house that could be, the house could be sneaking, it's leaking um, carbon monoxide and there could be no detector and it'll be just as deadly in the home, but nobody will see. And what I discovered is that many people in my community and people that I know have this kind of neglect, which is covert, hidden, that you don't see it on the outside, it all looks perfect. Um, even when you come in for a little bit as a guest, it could still seem that way. Everything seems in order. Everyone's dressed well, the supper on the table, laundry's done. You know, parents could be very well respected, even rabbis and therapists and doc, you know, accomplished, accomplished people. But emotionally, there's that either neglect or harm done. So when Pia says that anything less than nurturing is abuse, she doesn't mean to go around and say, all right, 100% of you guys out there are all abusive. Mm-hmm. She says most people are wonderful people. They're not trying to hurt their children. But just like if you would not neglect to give your kids certain things medically, they would be, their growth might be stunted or intellectually or spiritually. Emotionally, if you don't get certain needs met, then your emotional growth will get stunted. And she calls that, she used to call it codependency and she wrote a book facing codependency. She also wrote a book facing love addiction and she also wrote a book, The Intimacy Factor. And she has dozens of DVDs out there and um, her work is basically the Meadows at this point owns her work and integrates this work into their, into, and that's partly why, not partly, it's the biggest, one of the biggest reasons that they're so successful that they incorporate, they incorporate this week of Survivor's Week into any of their healing. If you're coming for any type of addiction or anything, you gotta go for the Survivor's Week and see what's underneath. What is fueling those behaviors? Mm-hmm. So going back to this, um, to this covert abuse, so some of the things that like she put, like some of the things that they described there was like, oh my gosh. And I remember sitting there the first day and she put up there, um, the worst type of abuse. And one of them was the silent treatment. And I was like, what? 
the silent treatment? And, and she's like, yeah, silent treatment. I'm like, that's the worst abuse. <laughs> you know, I was sitting with people from all colors all over the world. Like it didn't make sense to me. They seem to have gone through so much more. I grew up sheltered and yeah, parents, community members were like Askanim and, and, and respected members of the community. It's like, I couldn't have gone through the worst, but lo and behold, I discovered the impact. It's about the impact. Parents don't have to mean well. They don't have to look mean and evil and abusive and narcissistic, but it's about the impact that the child has and then carries on. And then it's how it shows up later in life. So the way it showed up in my life was what I was suffering with that brought me into treatment in the first place. And I discovered such truth at that foundation, at the core of where I felt broken. And um, it just knowing my story, just getting that straight, even though that's just the beginning, but it was the starting point of like, okay, I scratched the surface, now it's up. Now it's just building. Like, I'm not digging anymore. I'm not frantically searching for truth. That's when like, and that was eight years ago. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, it was eight years ago and that's when my quest for like what is it what is it stopped because it was always I always internalized it was something was wrong with me mm -hmm. like I'm wrong I'm broken and that's what I find with so many people in our community that that we think we're made wrong I thought I, I thought I was made wrong because like what could be wrong with you know my family everything's perfect and what I discovered is that it, uh, there was nothing wrong with me. There was something wrong with the messages I was given, you know, and, um, um, and yeah. And so from there on, I learned about my wounded inner child. I learned about the different wounded inner children. I had the little age, the young age, the middle age, the teenager, the fun mm -hmm. part. And it's, it, you know, it's a journey. There's no, there's no destination. I'm never finished. We never graduate. Pia says herself, like, like till the day I die. You know, I'm in my mid seventies. I'm still working through this, this age, this something that just came up, and um, that's what I find. You know, I was just discussing it with a therapist this morning. Um, something big came up for me, and I was like, I was so shocked that I wasn't aware. She's like, What do you think? You graduated already? And I said, No, I just. I just can't believe I wasn't aware that it was trauma reaction and I was projecting this onto my husband. I was so surprised. And she's like, but that's how it goes. And I said, I know that I, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years. I've been in like recovery. I, I get it, but that it took me over so strongly. And it was a very young part, like a three, four year old that was very young. And it was so intense. We never, we don't graduate, but what we do learn is the tools to deal with it like the tools to, um, to, to know that that child has me and I'm her loving parent and that I could always rescue her, even though she's not, it's, it's, it's visual work, but it really lives in my nervous system. You know, we, it, there's an expression that I love, the nerve, our nervous systems grew up in the same house we did. Mm -hmm. I love that, I wanna share that on Instagram. And I found it somewhere and I was like, totally, like, it's so true, you know? So it lives in our bodies and it lives in our stories. And one of my favorite quotes is, um, that which we don't heal, heal in childhood, 
we replay in adulthood. Mm -hmm. I think that was Kara Weed, um, one of our actually, I'll tell you about TAP in a minute if we have time. But um, that which we don't heal in childhood, we replay in adulthood is a is um, a quote that she, I think, made up for her family of origin intensive that she did based on Pia's work. And it's about, we're going to constantly replay what we did not heal. Mm-hmm. So I see that even in Guard Your Eyes. I'll see that like women will tell me, I don't get this. I, I divorced my husband because he cheated on me. Like, and, and, and I married someone who's the opposite guy of him. And, and they discover that their husbands are doing the same thing. It is absolutely crushing. There's no words. The first time around was so crushing, but it's like, okay, I'll get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And the second time, like, he was the opposite. Mm-hmm. And there's something in us that's attracting what we need to heal. Wow. And then they discover as they go through their work, it's like, ooh, it's much older than just my first marriage. It goes back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. But it's not in our frontal cortex. It's not in our, it's not in our explicit memory here. It's here in the limbic system and that has to be accessed through through trauma work so again the trauma work that i do i don't do mdr and somatic somatic work um i do the relational part of trauma where people are you know stuck in relationships or don't understand why they're stuck in general and we'll i'll go through a lot of the teaching of female model and just through a lot of curiosity questions and getting their family history straight, giving them the clarity and them finding the answers within of, wow, like it's just, there was nothing wrong with me. (laughs) I am my own expert. I could find my own answers. You know, once people, once it gets to people's nervous systems and they get flooded, that's, that's needing a trauma therapist. And that's out of my scope of practice, which I know enough about because of my own trauma that I constantly make those referrals as well. But I've seen tremendous success in just empowering women with this information and understanding where they were relationally hurt mm-hmm. and where they might not have gotten what they haven't gotten. And this alone is really like a, just to learn the basics and scratching the surface. It's like a six week series webinar, which we brought in when we had Kara Weed come. I don't know if I told you this, but we had, I opened an organization right after I came back from the Meadows called TAP Trauma Awareness Program. And I was so blown away and I'm like, the community needs this. And they did. Mm-hmm. And we brought in top experts and we did a lot of trainings and webinars and um, intensives and we reached, we really reached a lot of people and then it was too much to grow to the next level. So we let it go because we had to like, to jump it to the next level would be too much work. We need too much manpower. We need more manpower. We need the money. We didn't have that. We're just three ladies who were so passionate. Um, um, so Yeah. So it's been, it's been a journey and um, I, I, I thought people would say to me, do you think you'll ever feel like, you know, not le- like less passionate about the work one day? And I think I used to express it more passionately. Today I'm more aware that there's a lot more than just PMLD's work, mm-hmm. but I will always credit my life to that, to her work, like me personally. And I'm, I'm definitely most passionate about, you know, her framework as a whole, even though I incorporate a lot of other things like into my own practice as well. Um, but that's by far the most powerful revelations that I have found. It's, it's just a breakthrough really yeah, is. It's a really interesting. And I love, I, I loved what you said about the silent treatment. 
I just wanted to highlight that for a second because I've actually, um, we, we spoke about this before. So when you told mm -hmm. me that, I have told that to friends. I've told that to people um, going forward because I realized like, I don't know why we do this, but so many people say like, I don't like my pain is not that great, you know, like it's not that bad or whatever. And then um, I forget why, why, why it was so, like, it hit me so hard. Like I forget in what moments in my life I was really thinking about that, but I was thinking like, yeah, like when you're ignored, maybe it was, maybe it's because like I'm an out of towner and, um, and I live in New York now and it's just, I'm still to this day, like always so hurt when I like walk into a room and people don't say hi to me. And I like, my heart melts, like, Am I like, am I alive? I don't know. Maybe I'm dead, you know? And like that, I think that's why it hurts so much. Cause it's like, you literally feel like you don't exist. Like you're just invisible and no one really. Totally. We all have a very deep need to feel seen and heard. Right. And when we're not, when we don't feel seen and heard, that part of us like feels invisible. And especially if it's sitting on a wound, right. If we were brought up in large families and even if it wasn't intentional, but children need us, children need to be mirrored. You come from school and it's like, they want to talk to us and they'll tell us things that they want to say if they know we're available. Right. My mentor always would tell me all children need is presence, mm -hmm. just your availability. And if they know that you could talk to them, they, they start to make sense out of the world. But if not, it's very lonely because they don't know what they're thinking and feeling. They're not meant to process that alone. And it becomes very confusing. And then they start to live in their thoughts. That's where a lot of anxiety stems from. Um, a lot of, yes, just a lot of problems stem from that where later on in life, they don't know how to communicate, how to ask for feedback, how to own their reality. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it could be a sad and frightening world for a child. And it doesn't have to seem that traumatic. But just day to day, if a parent wasn't available for the child, how are they supposed to know that, Oh, those feelings could feel scary. They could feel big. That could, that what you, oh, that must've been so scary when you were on the bus and all of a sudden it stopped and you thought maybe something was going to happen. So a child starts to live in their own world. So that's what developmental immaturity means that they're, they're not being nurtured and therefore anything less than nurturing is abusive because it stunts growth. And, and trauma really means stuck. Mm -hmm. Trauma means arrested development. Mm -hmm. That somewhere in time, the development of the child became arrested. It like, and so what I learned about myself is that in certain relationships, certainly like in my marriage and in certain friendships, I was coming from either a teen, which my teen was a very feisty, rebellious type of teen, mm -hmm. but my younger age, like eight to 10 was kind of lost. Mm -hmm. So I could, I could swing back and forth. And it was only when I learned that and started to see to myself that I started to be able to reparent her and start to come from a more functional adult place because that's the goal. Mm -hmm. The goal is to sort of raise her to the functional adult to be who she could be. Right. So you're doing the repair. Repair, like the gap, you know? Mm -hmm. you're, you're filling in the gap. If I'm like coming from a 12-year-old, you know, they say addicts in 12 steps, they say that addicts are are as, much, as emotionally mature as they were when they started using. So if they started using at 16, that's who they are. Right, that makes sense, yeah. Right, that's where they're, not who they are, excuse me, that's never who they are. It's like, just that's where they're coming from mm -hmm. in their relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and so people can be the most, I know the most successful doctors, lawyers, surgeons. I mean, people have gone to the most prestigious Ivy League college. You can be brilliant. 
um, and still not, uh, and still not, um, I, somebody came in and peeked, I don't know if that was, if you saw them or not. Um, so, and they can still be so development, developmentally immature in relationships. I hear stories like that all the time and you're like, and how brilliant are they? Does it, how does that match? Mm-hmm. Does communication and relationships, you don't need, you don't need intellect. Right. No, you need, you need emotional maturity. Right. So I have to ask you a question, but I'm going to put you on the spot um, because it, it's a hard question to answer, but. Um, you could ask and I can always say no, <laughs> or I'm not comfortable. Right. Um, so, but like what, as you're talking and I'm hearing you say like, um, kids that like the most important thing is to is to be present right so like like what the, what's sticking out to me is like are most parents like sort of like abusing their kids like would you say like what's the percentage because like of course like you said before parents never malicious I don't think mostly not and trying to hurt their child like I think like even from my own circles, like we're all like trying to take parenting classes and working on ourselves and doing our best. And that doesn't mean that our children won't be wounded. So, so how, how does that work? No, that's a really good question. And people ask that to Pio all the time. And she says, I get the minute people start to learn her work, they say, Oh my gosh, Pia, I'm abusing my kids. Right. right. I'm killing my kids. What am I doing this for? And they start to go to their own guilt. Right. And she says the same thing every time she says, just, it's so funny. I say this to my clients all the time and I've seen this in my own work and not that I'm a perfect mother of far cry from it, but I've seen this happen where, you know, you panic and she says, just as long as you're not outwardly abusing them, do your own work, keep growing and working on yourself and nurturing your over nurturing your inner child because you will parent from overflow. Mm-hmm. And I've seen parents, they run to this expert, that expert, that expert, and they're like doing this trick and that trick. And they'll be like, okay, I'm doing now nighttime fun. Okay. Now we're going to do this for this child. And it's, it's, it's like, it's almost like you're reading from a script, but if it's not coming from a genuine inside out place where it's really your own work, because children need model behavior and that comes from an inside out place. And if they feel they see a mother who's strong in the five core issues, which is they own their value. They have really strong boundaries. They know their reality. They talk, speak their reality politically, you know, in a, in a moderate way. They have good self-care and they live in balance. Those five things, which is like, is like I said, a course in itself, mm-hmm. those five things, then they, these children see it. And that's what they need more than anything. I always say like Yaakov Avinu, Mitzrayim, he saw the Demustiok Nochel Aviv. He, what kept him throughout his Nisayon in, in Mitzrayim was he kept imagining the Demust. Demust means image. When you have an image in your mind to follow, even long past a parent being gone, that is the most valuable thing you can have as a parent. It's the image. It's just who she was, who he was in your mind, and how they acted. When a parent has these core issues and a parent really loves their own inner child because they learn to reparent, Naturally, when I was doing this reparenting work, and I still do, but when I was doing it more intensely, I was also doing um, work with my daughter at the time, who I was doing attachment work, therapy work with her. And 
it was unbelievable how they coincided and the therapist her therapist would always tell me it's amazing the work that you're doing with her you're picking up on the attachment work and i said because i have a frame of reference i'm doing it with my own self so i'm doing the attachment work with her which was filling in the gaps for when she was a baby because i felt like i wasn't present enough when she was a baby and a lot of my trauma hit then mm-hmm. and i wanted to fill in those gaps Wow. And for her, it was exactly what the doctor ordered. But if a parent doesn't do their own work and the attachment work, even when you do it with a child, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's the relationship you build with a child. And Pia's work is all about relational healing. Mm-hmm. It's like you see the relationship. It's not about doing, getting every last thing right, wrong, being a perfect parent. It's so not about that. It's about just being imperfect, being human. But being willing to grow, being willing to acknowledge, being willing to to having a relationship. And if we nurture our own inner child, then it's going to become a much more natural process, which, by the way, parenting is supposed to be. Romancio used to say, said in his book, like, it used to be a parent had their own gut and intuition and knew how to parent their children because the generations and how things got lost and complicated, we do need more guidance. And I'm not saying that guidance isn't so important. But most important is our own growth. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I, I, think, I think that I agree with you 100%. I just don't know if, I don't think that that's the mainstream opinion. Am I wrong? Um, I've never met anyone who disagreed with me, but I haven't gone out there and debated it. <laughs> right. So you're saying most people, you know, if you would say that to them, they would say, I, I agree hundred percent work on yourself. I'm not a parenting expert by no means. And I always tell that to my groups, like, and my clients, I am so not a parenting expert, but what I could tell you, like I could bring in my kids and they'll tell you, but, um, you know, I'll tell you a little something. I, I'm so not the type to sit here and like, say something that may, may reflect like I'm, like I'm, bla- like I'm, bla- excuse me, like I'm bragging. But just today, I was on the phone, with, I was on the Zoom with my therapist who I met eight years ago, but I took like years of breaks in between. Mm-hmm. And recently I started to work on something else. And she had me make, I was doing somatic work. She had me do a certain sound for a release mm-hmm. when I was on Zoom. And so she's like, anyone in the house, you're going to scare? So I said, um, my son's home. My daughter's in camp. My son's home, but he's listening to his music in the kitchen. He's not going to hear. So sure enough, I made the noise. And he heard, and he came in, he came out like, and he was like, you know, he came in and she remembered him from like five, six years ago that I brought her, him in to her office once. And she was going crazy over him. And she said to me after, she's like, oh yeah, did you remember me? And you sat here in my office? And like, they had a little two minute chat and he left and she's like, silky, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. She's not Jewish. She's like, I can't, I can't even describe it. You could see it on him. You could see it between the two of you, like really affirm yourself. He's, she was trying to tell me like, she sees everything I put in, like the hard work. Mm-hmm. And it really felt good because it was coming from someone who knows the work that I did, who knew all the struggles that I had raising this child and specifically his issues. Um, and, you know, I didn't need her to say it. Like, I know his flaws. I know that she wasn't seeing him at a downtime and, you know, the whole picture. But the point is that every therapist, every work, hardworking person who works themselves knows that parenting is so much about growing yourself as a person. You know, so I don't, I don't subscribe to like, if you do this little checklist every day as a parent, you know, obviously there are certain things that, you know, if you make sure you have time every day that you check in with your child and you, that things that help remind you who you want to be. Mm-hmm. But um, that's my take. But again, I'm not a parenting expert. 
Right. No, no, no. I think it's great. I think it's really important for people to hear that about like, just like, I guess it's really just about doing your best and showing your kids that you care and love them and that you're available. And, and, and it's doing your own work. It's so much about doing your own work because if we don't do our own work, when we do our own work, we show up in our marriage differently. We listen to hard, we're available for harder conversations. You know, your husband says something, you don't like what he said, but if you're willing to see it, hold up a mirror, ask other people that are mentors or whatever, you know, is there some truth? Come back, have the conversation, be able to own up, do your part. There's rigorous honesty, you know, um, you'll have the muscle strength to hear your child when they tell you, mom, like when you do that, like mm -hmm. really like to not take it personally or to be able to say, you know, I hear that, like that is annoying right. and have to know that your, your, your PS first thing is value, that you're lovable regardless. Right. And your matter, your value does not depend on that. So when you really internalize that, you know, it's tough raising kids. It tests, it really tests our ego. Oh, yeah. And, um, so all the parenting tricks in the world, they're helpful, they're practical. Sometimes you do need that, just like you could use it, you know, I, I think of it the same way as using a, an organizer in your house. Like mm -hmm. you could be an organized person, but like sometimes you just want to get the tricks. Right. You know, like, oh, what containers, where would you put this? I think listening to parenting skills is that kind of thing. Or if you're in a situation where you're with a really not typical situation with a hard your kid that's really exhibiting harder skills, but would, harder behavior, you know, more difficult behaviors. I would say, you know, call it, call a, you know, a parenting expert. I would call Sarhana Ratcliffe in a second, or I'd call a therapist that I trust, that the therapist that they're working with, much more so than I would take a parenting course mm -hmm. because it's very tuned into, well, what is he acting up? Is he sensing something in you? Is there a resistance in what you're doing, especially when they get older? Are they picking up on stress between you and your husband when you get into an argument? Are they carrying are they feeling responsible for, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's so many nuances. Right. I was going to say before, when I said like being available for your kids, like what you said, it's like kind of like being available for yourself, like mirroring, like, like a lot of times I'll say to a client, like, how do you feel about that? And they'll say like, I felt disgusting. I'm like, I, I'm a pig. I'm disgusting. Like something like horrible to say about yourself. And mm -hmm. I will say like, wow, what would you do if your child said that? Like, how would you, what if your daughter came to you and said that about herself? How would you talk to her? Like, how would you, con you know, co comfort her and console mm -hmm. her? And they would say, I would never talk to my child like that in a million years. And I'm like, well, then why are you talking to yourself like that? You know? So like, sometimes that's like a good model, like how, as to how we treat our own selves, our own inner child. Um, right. Yeah. Like the flip side. Right. Right. But sometimes we say the right things to our kids, but we don't, we could give over a feeling of like, I know this happened to me when my daughter started hitting more of the puberty age and I'm like, her body changed, her body started to change and was more, and I wanted so much for her not to have my struggles of being in a bigger body, right? And it had more to do with how I had to think about, not what I wouldn't say, because I wouldn't say the things that were said to me, because mm -hmm. they were so horrific, some of them, but um, to not, to not give over even that feeling mm -hmm. of fear. Mm -hmm. And that's where intuitive learning about intuitive eating and health at every size was so helpful to me and is so helpful so that, um, I'm not even just, even what I'm thinking and feeling I'm putting out there. 
So it's, it's like, you know, even if we don't say something to our kid, I think what we're, the work is still so important because if I come to self-acceptance in this body as I am today, then, you know, I think I'm still carrying so much of shame from my parents being in larger bodies. Like they hated it, mm-hmm. that they were, and they gave over that shame. Right. Even if they didn't say, I hate the body I'm in. Mm-hmm. We, right. Kids pick up feelings. Like, like we, they, that's part of what Pia's, Pia has a big segment in her work on cold feeling reduction, that we pick up feelings of our parents that they weren't responsible in owning. So if they weren't working through their shame because they weren't in touch with it, they were just leaking it everywhere. And we, being sponges as children, just picked it up mm-hmm. and took it in. Mm-hmm. So my body shame issues were big before I was, even, I was set up for it, before I was even born, you know? Right, wow. So that's where the work, again, even if I'm not saying it to my kid, right. you know, I want to be working it through so that she doesn't have to have that legacy. <laughs> right. Right. And I'll just say on on the same topic of this, um, I'm going to come up in one minute. Okay. (laughs) Go upstairs. Okay. Can you go upstairs, please? Yeah. Um, I was going to say like, yeah, I know. It's just really interesting. Okay. So we'll we'll wrap up, but I was going to say like, I remember learning in seminary, like when we work on something, religiously we sort of like do that as a favor to our children like we don't mm-hmm. give that struggle on to our child like let's say amida or something like that um and i was also right. going to say uh what you were saying you change the spiritual dna right yeah yeah and when you were saying before about like being the expert of your own self it's like very similar to intuitive eating because you know right. diet culture is all about like eat like this eat at this time just like just look like this and intuitive eating is like there's all body shapes and all body sizes and all uh different colored bodies and everything is different there's so many different people and that doesn't mean anything about people's values or anything and um you are really the only expert of your body i can't even the dietitian the therapist the doctor is not the expert of your body so that's why it's so empowering it's so true. And then I love, I love intuitive eating for that reason, because it dove, it dovetails that idea so beautifully. Like just, it's so, it's so real. It's so wholesome. It's so intrinsic. It's so innate. It's so, um, you are, you are creative, resourceful and whole. We just, sometimes we're missing the education, right? We need to be educated about certain right. things right. and re-educated because we're so, we have such a screwed yeah. way of thinking because of our mentality, right? Our culture. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you have anything else you want to like leave the listeners with? Cause this was like super informative and interesting. Thank you. Um, do I have anything else that there is, if you are struggling and you find yourself um, rotating seats on the Titanic, <clears throat> you know, like find like, like really, really struggling that somewhere you think maybe there's something underneath like follow that path and let it guide you to, to where, to what may be the core underlying stuff, because it could really, if that's where you're, if that's where you're going, it could really be leading you to real truth. And Pia Melody has incredible information out there. uh, And there's a lot of ways to get that information. Like I mentioned her books before. um, And there are webinars out there, 
um, they could contact me more. I guess I should give you my information. Um, I have also some of Kara Weed's webinars. Just there's just there's there's ways to educate yourself. There are family of origin intensives. If anybody just wants to know more about it, there is really um, it's really is it right to say a gold mine? You know, like it's not well spread enough because therapists have to be so well trained and do their own work. Mm -hmm. It's easier so, to learn. So where we can find you, like your your email address, your Instagram. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm pretty new being on Instagram. I have something on Facebook, just by my name, Silky Resnikoff. Um, I'm on LinkedIn also, but they could just contact me if they could DM me through Instagram or Facebook, just message me and my, I could leave my email address also. Right. Um, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm happy to help anyone move forward. The hardest, the saddest thing is to watch people be stuck because there really are ways to unstick. There are so many tools out there to unstick yourself, unstuck yourself, you know? I totally agree. Yeah. I know that, um, like some of my own therapists, they always say now, like in 2020, like if you're struggling, there's, um, a resource. So don't like, don't, don't give into like the hopelessness and just, it's true. It's yeah. so true. Cause the helplessness we're feeling is really a younger part of us mm -hmm. really, truly. So recognizing that is alone, very empowering. So that's my passion. I, I, it, it hurts me so much to see people helpless and lost. Like you don't have to be, not that it's your fault. You just didn't right. know yet differently, but there are ways. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Okay. Thank you so much. It was so nice talking. Thank you for having me, Eva. You too. Have a good night. You too. Take care. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.